What's up, everybody? We are Monday Madness here as we go over some bowl game action and some basketball, right? UNC figured out how to get a big win in a big time moment. And as well, Louisville figured out how to win a football game and got to eat our words here, Jizzy Drake. It's going to be a good show. We'll talk about all the recaps with Kitten Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us in your respective places that you listen to podcasts. More importantly than that, you can see our beautiful faces on YouTube by subscribing to our channel. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Terms and conditions do apply. So the weekend was crazy, full of good basketball games and a nice little bowl game for the ACC. But Ken, we've got a lot to go over. Seems like the ACC is trying to upswing things around here. It's, it's a pleasant surprise. We're undefeated this bowl season. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're undefeated. Um, our our basketball teams performed well, men's and women's over the weekend. So we we got some good stuff to talk about. We for sure have some good a thousand percent, which, you know, undefeated in bowl season has not always been our testimony here as a conference. It was a little bit slow last year, but Louisville is starting out on a good note, the 24 to 7 victory over the Cincinnati Bearcats. And that is a way to stomp on your former coach's team saying, listen, you left for lesser pasture, less greener pastures, in our opinion. And we're going to keep things rolling with demand and all the boys. Everyone got to eat yesterday. It felt like everything was going Louisville's way, and it was just dominant. So sorry to my Cardinal fans who listen and say, oh, you got to eat your words because you picked Cincy over Louisville. I did. We had the bet, best bets, as we usually do on Friday's show. And we said, listen, I think that Louisville's doesn't have the chops. And, hey, I love to be wrong. I love for people to prove me wrong, especially in our own conference. You know, I, I look at it like this. That game was much more personal for Louisville than it was for Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like it was much more personal in terms of uh, in terms of the motivations to win, in terms of, hey, why why does this game matter to you? Because a lot of people call bowl games glorified exhibitions and all that. But this was one to say like, hey, our old coach may have left us, but he did not leave us for a better team. Mm-hmm. He left us for a very unserious situation because his clock was up here, not because those guys are better than us. And that's that it felt like it. It felt like it was a personal like, hey, we really don't like these guys situation there. Yeah, a thousand percent. Demond had 132 yards on the day, but it was the rushing attack from Maurice Turner and Jawar Jordan that certainly put Louisville in a great position to be successful. And the Cardinals in the season eight and five with a lot to be excited about. Coach Coach Brom again is coming. I think that he is going to be a nice addition because of his ties to Louisville. But we saw Dion Branch lead the charge. He what I wonder if they're gonna find a position for him somehow, some way, or he's gonna be like an ambassador, kind of give that Drew Brees vibe, you know, assistant coach, but like in name only, but maybe just throw in some extra help when needed. You know, I I'm not sure what role Deion Branch is gonna play on uh Brown's staff. And I, I don't wanna uh go out here assuming <laughs> if I haven't heard anything solid on it. 
But I will say this. This was a solid foundation to say, hey, y'all might need to consider me for something now. I, I'm leaving with something, okay? I'm from around the way. I, I'm, I'm leaving this here bowl game with something. No, but seriously, though, that, that was a very good performance. And, you know, I often say it's not about your X's and your O's. It's your Larry's and your Joe's. But at the end of the day, somebody needs to get those Larry's and Joe's lined up. And, and uh, Deion Branch did a great job of that. It's funny because if you listen to Friday's show, we were talking about being coach, being a coach when you don't have as much experience in the position. And hey, sometimes it goes better than expected. Sometimes it goes worse. Jeff Saturday, I'm looking at you, my guy. Woo, a UNC alum. That's tough. Hate that, that for him. <laughs> Hate that for him. Boy, I tell you. That was one of the um, least exciting players. And our Boston College alum, Matt Ryan, my boy. To be in two statistical worst losses ever in NFL history, that's that's tough. You know, it's, again, I, I just, <laughs> it's a very unserious thing there that, um, that uh, Jeff Saturday said when he said, we had a good matchup, things just didn't work out on the fourth down call instead of taking the field goal. Yeah. You ran a QB sneak. What do you mean you had a good matchup? <laughs> what matchup you, are you referring to, Mr. Do you know who your quarterback is or we're confused? Exactly. I don't care how good you think Quentin Nelson is, a, a former half ACC, half not ACC guy <laughs> in Notre Dame. I don't care how good you think your your offensive line is. You have a quarterback that is as mobile as a he's as mobile as a statue. And <laughs> you thought to yourself, QB sneak with the game on the line. That's what we need to run. Baby, you're unserious. You're not meant to be a head coach. You're not meant to be a head coach. Knock he, it off. He might be the first interim coach fired on, on like, you know what? Thank you, but no. <laughs> Thank you, but no. No, but, I don't think he's gonna get fired. Ursay, you know that Ursay got some uh, problems that you dealt with inebriation. That he's, he, I don't think he's sober watching these games. He, he don't be on. You know, let me not say that. Uh, Ursay, I'm sure he's sober. I'm sure he's gotten all the things, but I, I, uh, I don't think that Ursay is gonna replace him this year. No doubt about it. So that's our football recap. We have a big game happening on. Friday, we'll have Wake Forest versus Missouri, so that'll be a good Gasparilla Bowl. You know, spell that three times. We'll be there on Friday, December 23rd. We'll give you a recap and prep before that. But we're switching gears uh, talking about basketball here. We had, again, some really good games, some really good standout performances that we want to touch base here. We're going to run through the slate, and then we're going to get some little, you know, feedback from our guy, Kenton Gibbs. We love Kenton's keys to either victories or or losses. So we'll talk through first game up Miami and St. Francis PA. Miami doing the damn thing. 91 to 76 victory. The Hurricanes are on a roll 11 and 1 now on the season and very much so a top 25 team. These are just the ones that you got to win and you just again, you continue to sharpen your skills for when that conference play starts up. My only question for Miami is why do y'all keep playing down to your opponents? regardless of who the opponent is, it's like Miami just kind of sleepwalks through the first half. And then when the second half comes, they're like, all right, time to turn it on, y'all. There is no way under God's green earth you should have went in a halftime tied with St. Francis. No way. No way. Like, that's just that's just the reality. You came into this game as a 10-win team. They came into this game as a three-win team. and And you're telling me that you couldn't, come out in any way, shape, form, or fashion at home with a fast start. I mean, it, you know, but again, 
a win is a win, and a double-digit win is a double-digit win. So we're not going to take nothing away from that. But that may come back to bite them uh, in the long run. That whole, oh, we can just kind of figure it out and work it out no matter who we're playing. That may come back to bite them. So no sleepwalking through their performances. Good to know. We'll add that for when we have the next matchup, and we'll make sure that is a key to victory for them. Wake Forest took on Rutgers. It was not as successful. Another double-digit loss for them. Listen, Rutgers, decent team. Wake Forest, after proving that you can beat good teams and have decent teams, I should say, in the App State game, you can beat decent teams when it matters. You can finish off games. This is like a big gut punch, in my opinion. I mean, this is what happens when your your leading scorer gets hurt. Isn't their leading scorer still out? Appleby. I mean, mm-hmm. Appleby is, is still out. And at the end of the day, this looked like a team that was <laughs> absolutely struggling to find anything offensively. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that – I would just say that this team, at the end of the day, they've got to find more sources of offense. Yeah. Um, it's not about replacing Appleby one for one because you're never going to do that. And that's what they tried to do. Um, or that's at least what the what the offense called for. If you watch that game, it was a lot of isolation. It was a lot of guys. Uh, it was a lot of Hildreth and Carr trying to take guys one on one. Monsanto as well. But the fact of the matter is, you cannot replace a guy like Appleby one for one. The entire team has to chip in. The entire team has to raise its level. Every player has to get one level more. It needs to do a little bit more. Set screens a little better. Cut to the rim a little harder. Play defense a little better to get yourself in transition to get yourself easy buckets. You have to do those things when you're you're the leader of the pack or the the guy who is um, most responsible for chipping in buckets is down, and they just could not get that done. You know, I want to talk about death to ISO ball, but we'll do that here in just a second. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for, for your team faster and for free. All you have to go, all you have to do is go to LinkedIn linkedin.com slash locked on college you can go up there tell everyone that you are hiring put that hashtag hiring frame that purple lovely frame to let people know that you are looking for some good candidates that can be right there for you super quick and easy you can post your job for free again at linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply Rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs here of Locked On Wolfpack, and we are rocking and rolling through the men's basketball games here. We talked about Miami, we talked about Wake Forest, on to Pitt, who is winning a game that they're, they're supposed to win, which has been a fresh change for these Pittsburgh Panthers. We know that this 82-56 victory over North Florida is one of those things that wasn't always a guarantee, but non-conference play and doing what you have to do is going to be reason enough to swing your way when it comes to potentially NCAA tournament time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, this is this is what I mean by you should not play down to your opponent. You shouldn't have a situation where it's like, oh, we are just kind of sleepwalking through. Listen, when the bad team comes to your place to play, mm-hmm. you have got to put them down early. You have got to suppress any thoughts of we belong in this game early. And that's what they did. That's what Pitt did to North Florida. And they came out with a big win because of it. 
A thousand percent. Houston took on Virginia, number five. Houston came up with the victory, 69-61 against number two, Virginia. And Virginia, listen, I was rooting for you. We're all rooting for you because you were holding down the conference in a big way. But it's tough to have those losses, you know, that come up short. But I still think that this is a good Virginia team. It's just one that slipped away from them. Absolutely. This is an iron sharpens iron moment for Virginia. This loss to Houston, I mean, Houston's one of the best teams in the country. Before their one loss on the season, people, a lot of folks had them as the number one team in the nation. And you know how I feel about rankings early, this early in the season. Mm-hmm. But Virginia and Houston have both consistently shown that they're very quality teams. And with that being said, I mean, Virginia, they showed up. They they played a good game at home, but they just it, it just was too much in terms of uh, Virginia's length and, and quickness and ability to get into the open court and their balance. Their balance was another thing. Five players scoring double digits, every starter uh, scoring double digits. That means something. That yeah. means that your team is doing something in the way of, of you don't know where the next bucket is coming from. And again, on top of that, you got multiple guys on that Houston team crashing the boards, doing what they got to do again to show off that um, athleticism, length, and, and quickness to get up and down the court. A thousand percent agree. So we're going to need Virginia to step up in big ways as they return to this good play towards the end of this month. Louisville picked up a squeaky by win, but we'll call it a listen. A dub is a dub with Louisville a right now. Win. A win is a win. <laughs> Win is a win. win. However, you can get it 61 to 55 over FAMU. We thought this one would be a gimme, but then we realized who Louisville is, and we said one game at a time, one W at a time, and they figured it out. And all you could do right now for Louisville is say, you know what, figure it out. You got it. Keep rolling. Keep keep the energy up. Another win in a row. Hey, proud of them. They're on on a winning streak. They're on a winning streak. Okay. That has not always been their testimony. Exactly. I don't want to hear it. They can do a a three game win streak as they'll face off against Lipscomb next. So we could potentially see a huge shift. Unfortunately, they'll have to play NC State and Kentucky to end out the year, which, you know, hey, three out of five ain't bad. Uh, uh, You know, (laughs) we talked about this when we were saying when would Louisville win? And I saw that they had a chance against um, that, you know, they, Beating the luckiest team in the na- or one of the luckiest teams in the nation of West Kentucky was possible because at some point in time your luck's got to run out. Yeah. And then you're looking at FAMU and then you're looking at uh Lipscomb. This was gonna be a real soft landing spot for them in, yeah. in the schedule. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, NC State ain't exactly world beaters either at the moment. So this is a real soft landing spot for them at the moment. Uh, but you know, a win is a win. A win is a win. Uh, L. Ellis and company got got what they need to get done done, and and so um, we'll see how this season develops. But again, I don't think that this Louisville team is good. I don't think this is a team that we're going to be looking at late in the season and saying, "Oh man, those boys really circled the wagons and got it together." But again, it's it's good to see this team just not completely giving up on the season ten games in. Fair enough. Georgia Tech taking on Alabama State. The Yellow Jackets picking up a big win, 96 to 60 points. And I just feel like, again, we're here beating the teams we're supposed to beat as we prepare ourselves for conference play. Georgia Tech needing this dub, I think, for a confidence boost after that one against North Carolina. So, you know, the Yellow Jackets are in a fine place. They're not a team right now that I think is, you know, moving the needle in terms of conference play or going to be, you know, some contenders. But crazier things have happened. Going into halftime with a 35-point lead is what you need to do. Again, like I remember saying. That's what you need to do. Having the ability to take your starters out, play the end of the bench guys, play the um, walk-ons and all that. That's what you need to do. 
in a game like this, and they did it. They showed up, they showed out, and there wasn't any doubt in anybody's mind who the better team was from tip-off. And that's what you need to do in games like this. You you don't want to let these teams hang around in money games because that's how funny stuff happens at the end. And a bad call happens, a long three, a crazy half-court three happens, and all of a sudden you've lost to a team that is objectively not the same caliber of uh, athlete as you are. The Orange Bowl Classic featured St. John's and Florida State. We felt like it definitely was going to be a head scratcher in terms of if St. John's were to lose to Florida State. You're like, okay, who is this Florida State team really? But it was not the case. 93-79 to victory. I felt like the Seminoles still are figuring out who they are as a program. And it's just one of those situations where you hate to see Ham go out like this. Like, hopefully, you know, we give it some time. You let guys get healthy and return or even give it another season. But it's certainly one of those things that we're keeping our eye on. Oh, absolutely. Again, this is this is just a rough season for Ham. This is a really rough season. It's been tough from the go. And the quality of opponents, again, I, I suspected that Ham looked at this as an iron sharpens iron game. But in reality, I mean, the final score really doesn't tell you how out of hand this game got at certain points because the lead balloons as big as 20 at certain points in this game. Um, but the reality is simple. This is this is a Florida State team that this is going to be a tough season for them. This is going to be... <laughs> We're going to be excited for them when they get wins, kind of like we are for Louisville in terms of, hey, a win is a win, however you find it. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the big games of the weekend, Ohio State and North Carolina, number 23, Ohio State Buckeyes had a CBS Sports Classic in, out of New York. Didn't want to have a bad homecoming for R.J. Davis, and the victory was, you know, Pete Nance. Talk about a clutch shot to tie the game, send it into overtime to give us the 89-84 victory for the Tar Heels. And I'm just sitting there saying, hey, it's about time you win games that are in high-energy environments and you deliver North Carolina. Appreciate that one. Keep it going. You know, this North Carolina team truly turned the game around when they started applying the press. And it is hurting me as an NC State alum because the press <laughs> was supposed to be our thing. We were supposed to be the team that brings this full court pressure and disturbs <laughs> teams all day and all that. And Hubert Davis said, oh, I like what they're doing over there. Right? Give me that real quick. I need that. Thank you. And all of a sudden, that turned the tide of, of, of the game. Now, of course, Certainly. Ohio State was missing their starting point guard and all that. And that's that's an extremely important piece of beating the press. But at the end of the day, the best ability is availability. If he wasn't there, he wasn't there. The, the result is what it is. Yeah. Um, North Carolina did a great job in this game. Baycott, to me, was the key to this game because he kept that team around. When early in the game, um, yes, in overtime and late in the game, the guards kind of did their thing. Um, Love and, and Davis showed up toward the end there. But it was it was Armando Baycott keeping this keeping this thing close, keeping them within striking distance basically the entire game. And so he needs to get some credit for that. A thousand percent. Cornell and Syracuse matchup. Syracuse taking care of business. The Syracuse team that, you know, listen, at first you're like, all right, what are we doing here, guys? Pick it up. Pick up the pace. Figure it out. But they were able to ultimately do that in this second 78-63 victory. Again, I don't know who the Syracuse team is right now. I feel like they don't know who they are still yet. But slowly but surely, they're picking up the wins that matter, and they're putting themselves in a better position when it comes towards this new year and end of the season. You know, at the end of the day, Jim Beheim and this team are figuring it out. And like you said, they're getting it together. 
And they're another team that they just have they just have so much balance sometimes, and that's when they're playing their best basketball. Mm-hmm. When you're not just leaning on Gerard to get everything done, when you're not just leaning on one guy to get everything done, that's when you're at your best. When the defense is saying, what do we do? Who who do we figure out? Who do we take out? And when you're creating a lot of steals off that um, off that two, three zone and getting out into uh, the open floor, when Edwards is protecting the rim at an extremely high level and you have the ability to kind of shut teams out of the paint right. with him as the centerpiece of that two, three zone, that is when this team is at their best, and that's what they were in this game. A thousand percent agree. We got a couple games left to go over here from a men's basketball standpoint, but first, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. If you pick Argentina to win that World Cup, I know you've got yourself some good money over the weekend. Listen, it was an exciting time for bowl season as we prep your money, right? If you got some holiday gifts, throw somebody a little bet online action. If you love sports podcasts, they even have that too. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today to learn more because bet online is where the game starts we're finishing up here with kenton gibbs of locked on wolfpack podcast make sure you check him out virginia tech took on grambling 74 to 48 victory a big dub for the hokies another top 25 team who's taking care of business when it matters and all i'm sitting here to say is the hokies are definitely putting everyone on notice that last year was not a fluke and they are a team that everyone needs to watch here in our conference you know, the the HBCUs, the SWAC and the MEAC were, were making folks look crazy in, in terms of, you know, going down to their spot and playing. And boy, I'll tell you, this is this is a game that I was a little concerned about. I was a little worried because I said, hold on now. If they beat Virginia Tech, supposed to be one of the best teams in our league, we're we going to have some serious things to worry about. But Virginia Tech did what they were supposed to do, right? They showed up um, from, again, from tip off to the end, wire to wire, they dominated this thing and they they showed what they could do. And uh, at the end of the day, again, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. If a team is coming up to Blacksburg, they need to be leaving empty handed, especially elective team. And that's what they did here. A thousand percent. Clemson taking on a Richmond team, a good Richmond team out of the Greenville Classic. 85 to 57 victory started out a little bit of uncertainty. Richmond is certainly playing at a very high level, but Clemson ultimately put it away. And good on Clemson for, again, beating a team. That we keep saying here on this Rizani show, you're supposed to beat. Yeah, again, it's easy to say you're supposed to beat them, but that eleven one, <laughs> that eleven to one start had you know, uh, Clemson. Hello, wake up now. Anybody, oh, anytime you're ready. <laughs> get involved in this game now. I, I know, I know that this was a disappointing season, and that y'all, you know, are, are still looking at oh well, barely got into a New Year's Six bowl, but you're in. Focus on <laughs> basketball right now. What's going on here? No, but seriously though. This was a game where Richmond came out the great gates hot as fish grease and um and and Clemson for sure cooled them off because again, even despite the eleven one lead, they went in the halftime up what, 15, 20? So um Clemson did what they had to do in a in a game where Again, Richmond, the Spiders jumped all over him to start this thing. <laughs> Not the Spiders jumped. North, <laughs> North Carolina State figured out how to beat an SEC team that, you know, oftentimes we don't really talk about either of these when it comes to, to me, the basketball space in recent years. But the Wolfpack was able to pick up a dominant not dominance. I would. I didn't want to say that adjective. Picked up a very good win in seventy to sixty six victory over Vanderbilt in the Legends of Basketball Showcase. My lord, you telling me that NC State can be on the good side of a comeback? I just, <laughs> you know, 
You know, it was it was tough. Crazier things have happened. It was tough. This was another game where at the end of the day, Wolfpack was looking, it was looking bad. It was looking real tough. Down the stretch, it was looking like, oh man, here we go again. Keats with another bad loss. Oh man, here we go again. This NC State team with no offense, no semblance of anything uh serious going down the stretch. And then all of a sudden they just figured it out. So yeah, you know, it's percent. it's uh it's always good to see these types of things where at the end of the day, at halftime, when it came to closing the gap at halftime, they did a great job of that. And then in the second half, DJ Burns kept him close and pretty much delivered the win to him. Yep. And then Sunday we saw Georgia take on Notre Dame. Georgia dominating 77 to 62 in the holiday hoops giving. I think that Notre Dame is a good team. and This loss is not reflective. I think Georgia's just having a pretty solid year so far, but nothing to panic over for the fighting Irish, in my opinion. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, at the end of the day, Georgia is a Georgia is a team is another one of those teams that has, again, great balance, great depth. Guys coming off the bench, getting double doubles and whatnot. That's always going to spell trouble for an opposing team early in the season. Right. Because you're not expecting um, players off the bench to come in and have that type of impact. And yet Georgia's bench did the job. They showed up. They not just were involved in the game to get guys rest. They got in the game and made big things happen. And, and so, um, you know, when you look at a bench and, and you're talking about 25 points or one third of, of their 77 points, basically, that's that's always going to be something that you can't really plan for. You can't really predict. But Georgia's bench showed up in a major way and got them to win over Notre Dame. Thousand percent to flip over to the women's matchups over the weekend. We saw some great Sunday games here. Syracuse took on Wake Forest and got the victory. Florida State had a close one against UConn, and I know it was 85-77 ultimately, but that game was a lot closer than that in score shows. Boston College upset Georgia Tech, which I think, well, I don't know if you call it an upset, but Boston College certainly is a better team than people think. People assume, rather, what I should say, Virginia beat Morgan State, which Virginia, you know, they had a nice little highlight on ESPN or Sports Center this morning as I was scrolling through my timeline. Shout out to my uh, point guard, Miss Katie, doing her thing. Louisville beat Pitt. Notre Dame pulled off a big win against another ranked opponent, Virginia Tech, number five and number six faced off. And then Clemson got the L to NC State. NC State taking care of business as the number eight team in the country. Were there any games to you that stood out as I ripped through that list? Well, I'm always going to be a homer a little bit and talk about my NC State team. And I know most people are thinking, what is important about NC State beating a, a Clemson team that is, you know, traditionally not one of the better teams in the conference when it comes to women's basketball? It's not just that they beat them, it's how they beat them. Madison Hayes was their leading scorer. Madison Hayes makes, I believe, their, I want to say, fifth or sixth different leading scorer on the year. We've had Madison Hayes, Mimi Collins, Diamond Johnson, um, Jakia Brown-Turner, Isaiah James, and I could be missing one. But at, at this point in the season, to have that many different leading scorers in different games, it's Westmore is building something special there. That yeah. that type of balance is, you know, it's you have your player who you depend on to go legend when it's needed in Diamond Johnson. But when she's down, when she's out, when she's dealing with an ankle, when she's coming back from the ankle and kind of has to work her way back into the swing of things, can this team sustain? The answer appears to be yes. So yeah. that's a that's a a very good thing to see there. And then of course 
Madison Hayes, mainly known for a defense, coming up with a huge night offensively. This team is is a problem. This team yeah. is a problem at multiple levels. A thousand percent. And again, I have to nod to Notre Dame. Olivia Miles and company are having a really good start to the season. I think she is a problem. She is a walking bucket. And I'm just super excited to see, again, ACC women really being at the top of the chop of the food chain when it comes to college basketball right now. So I think we're rolling in the right direction. All of that to say, we have a lot of good hoops going on during this holiday season. We have a lot of good things to talk about as we prepare for football bowl season. And we just want to make sure you guys are following us each and every place that you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our channels. Follow us on the socials at Locked on ACC. Follow our personal pages if you so choose. But just make sure that you give us feedback because you talk to us. We certainly talk back. We appreciate all the YouTube comments. We love when you all give us some positive feedback and feedback nonetheless you know we take it all in and hopefully we stuck to the news today that'll if you know you know when you read these comments through youtube for candace cooper and kenton gibbs until next time